Thanks so much for tuning in. Welcome to Harvey's Huddle, CFL Week 3. I'm the host, Jackson Harvey. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you haven't been listening to these previews every week, I'm glad you're here as well. If you haven't already, go check out my social media pages at Harvey's Huddle Can on Instagram, at CFL Huddle on Twitter. And the YouTube channel is Harvey's Huddle CFL. If you haven't already followed me on Twitter, please go do that. And uh, I try to liven things up and live tweet the games that I watch. Of course, I wasn't able to watch as many games this past weekend as I'd like to. But whenever I do watch them, I try to tweet about what's going on and, and get into the conversation with you guys in that part of Twitter. Uh, if you didn't listen last week, well, I I didn't do too great on my predictions last week either. I went 1-3. The only game I really got right was the BC Lions taking down the Stampeders. Uh, the rest of them I did, in fact, predict wrong. And if you're keeping score, because I am, that leaves me 2-6 and six on this season. Hopefully this week gets better. I think everyone's getting into the mojo and getting into the groove of things, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how these predictions turn out. Let me know what you think about these predictions on Twitter, on Instagram, any anywhere you can. On Facebook, even the Facebook page name is Harvey's Huddle Canada or CFL. Uh, let me know what you think, and yeah, let's get some dialogue, get some discourse in here. Well, let's start off right away with our first matchup in week three of the CFL 2021 season. Edmonton heading over to Vancouver, British Columbia to take on the Lions. It'll be the Lions' first home game of the season and the Elks' uh, first away game of the season. For Edmonton, what the heck is going on? What has happened to this team, this offense that is just incredibly inefficient, we all thought going into the season that while wow, they got James Wilder Jr., they've got a great wide receiver core. What what's going on? What's going on with this supposed powerhouse offense? I I don't. I wish I had an answer for you. I don't really have an answer on what is happening. Uh, Trevor Harris just isn't getting the ball where he needs to. They're not scoring touchdowns, and they're not doing much other than padding stats. Trevor Harris, of course, is the leading passer in the CFL. But in terms of actual play and not just stats, they've got one touchdown in two weeks. This supposed powerhouse offense has one touchdown. And they've barely broken 20 points in two weeks. They just let 30 points up to Montreal. It's it's crazy how wrong we were about this Elks offense. James Wilder Jr. has been effective. I've liked watching James Wilder Jr. I've liked seeing his explosiveness explosiveness. I think I said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's a fantastic addition to this Edmonton offense and he really brings a a fantastic run game to this team that desperately needs it. However, they need to turn all of this effective stats into the most effective stats, most effective stat, which is touchdowns. The defense, they've lacked a great amount. I think they really looked good against Ottawa because I mean, most defenses are going to look good against Ottawa this season. And they, they obviously were able to thrive against a really bad team like Ottawa, but when it came to a better offense in the Alouettes, uh, 
I think that they crumbled and they were not able to keep up with the fast-paced uh, offense that comes with playing the Montreal Alouettes and Vernon Adams and William Stanback. And I just think they weren't up to the task. And I, I think this defense is a lot worse than what we thought. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to go against such a high-flying offense in the Lions. In terms of BC, they're number one in total passing yards. Uh, in terms of team passing yards, Nathan Rourke, of course, had almost 200 yards in his debut against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in week one. They have 739 total passing yards in two weeks. That's uh, that's pretty phenomenal stuff. Uh, good job on that front for the Lions. This offense, they looked effective against the Calgary Stampeders in week two. Uh, the defense really choked out Bo Levi Mitchell and the Stamps as well. Michael Riley, he looked fantastic with his deep ball. Uh, just a lot better than the week one ducks that we saw time after time after time. And I think uh, he was a lot more efficient this week as well. 78.8% was his completion rate, which is phenomenal. Just fantastic. Lucky Whitehead, uh, just shout out to Lucky Whitehead, man. I think he is a fantastic player. Brian Burnham, of course, is the focal point of this wide receiver group in BC, but Lucky Whitehead has been an amazing addition and just fantastic on the other side of the field. Um, he's been he's been a great addition, a great number two for Brian Burnham, and I I dare to say week two they they could be and probably are the best wide receiver duo in the CFL right now. And if Michael Riley can get them the ball time after time again, this is going to be a very dangerous offense because then you'll throw in you throw in the other receivers that you got there and, you know, Shaq Johnson and Lamar Durant and those guys could start getting open and it 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 could be a really good offensive season if those two prove to be and I think they are starting to prove to be the best wide receiver duo in the CFL. The running game needs to be better. I think um, Chris Rainey, he had a better week this week than week one, but we got to get better on the ground if the Lions want to uh, really compete in a high-flying West division. Their defense was phenomenal. Four interceptions against Calgary. Most of them, I'd say three out of four of them, excellent plays by the defensive back. Great athleticism shown in being able to, you know, travel distances in a short amount of time and make the plays necessary. I I do think some of it had to do with uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's injury. However, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know when Bo Levi really sustained the broken fibula injury. I don't know if it was during the game, after the game. I don't, I don't really know what happened when. But... I do know that the BC defensive backs really proved, and their whole secondary, and really the whole defense, proved to be uh, just stifling and really came alive. They 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 built off of the momentum that they had in the second half of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider game. Now remember, the Lions could could very well be 2-0. Could very well be 2-0. Their team isn't very efficient, just like Edmonton. They've had a few touchdowns, a couple more touchdowns than the Elks. However, they need to start turning these fantastic plays and these passing yards 
into points. And I think that's a big reason why they released rookie kicker um, or their rookie kicker this week. I think he left too many points on the board. And if it wasn't for him, this team would be undefeated right now. And Saskatchewan would be one and one. So I, the big difference there, we'll see um, how their new kicker will be able to do this upcoming week. In terms of a prediction, I I can't go against BC right now. I can't go against Michael Riley. And honestly, I can't go for Ed, the Edmonton Elks and the abysmal offense that they've had. I'm going to take BC rolling with this one, 34-14 final score. Now let's head over to Calgary again. Uh, the Stampeders will be playing the Montreal Alouettes. All I can say is, wow, I, I love this Montreal offense. They are fast. They are efficient. Adams looked great. Standback ran fantastically. Cunningham, Lewis, and Wieneke were all very productive as well. Uh, of course, Wieneke had the fantastic, oh, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that clip, but fantastic fingertip catch uh, deep downfield. Great job by him. Defense did okay, too. They had four sacks against Edmonton. Will uh, will Sewell and, and Aki be able to, to kind of trend upward here is the main story I have for the Alouettes. Uh, I think that they are a fantastic team right now and are actually rivaling to be one of the better in the East. I mean, Ottawa's not doing great. Hamilton's failing miserably. Toronto's 1-1. One one. They have a chance to take the lead. The lead in the East Division this week against Calgary. Think about that. That's fantastic. This is a fantastic opportunity for them to be able to really assert some dominance into the East Division. Calgary, on the other hand, I mean, I I said it in my, uh, my preseason previews, but I wasn't high on the Alberta teams this year. I wasn't high on Edmonton, wasn't high on Calgary, and both seem to be coming true. Uh, Calgary had a terrible game all around, and I, I attended that game. Um, of course, if, if you don't know me, I'm a BC Lions fan. I'll cheer for the Lions through thick and thin. I'll, I'll, of course, I'm not biased against them when I'm doing these predictions. But I really think that BC just stuck it to them. Just watching that game and seeing just <laughs> the sea of red jerseys and... McMahon Stadium's a great, uh, a great place to watch football. By the way, I really loved that stadium. Loved watching there. Loved the fans there. They were fantastic. They were fun to kind of annoy because, of course, my team was winning. Um, but the sea of red there, just being sad and depressed. They were yelling at Bo. It was, it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird to see because. This Calgary team, we're so accustomed to them doing great, coming out of the season, really fired on all cylinders, and now they're 0-2. Uh, just awful. The loss of Bolivai Mitchell is going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I don't know if Michael O'Connor is going to be able to do it, but Bolivai Mitchell wasn't able to do it either. So he, he had a lot of open receivers, and just watching that game was um, kind of shocking because Bolivai Mitchell doesn't usually miss the kind of throws that he did miss. A, a lot of those throws ended up going for turnovers as well. It's just he wasn't able to hit open receivers. He wasn't he was leaving balls short. It was weird. It was very weird to watch and I I, I bet most of it was due to the injury. He's gone now for 6 plus weeks with the broken fibula. Michael O'Connor, he needs to do well. 
He needs to, I mean, that goes without saying, but he needs to get the ball to his receivers in order to make something happen here. And once that happens, then they're going to be able to get uh, carry on the running game and be able to do something with that. But if it doesn't happen, then this team and the Calgary fans are in for a long season, very long season. The defense is okay. They did they did some good things against BC. I mean, they only gave up the one touchdown uh, at the beginning of the second half, but a, a defense can only be so good for so long until they need their offense to produce and to put together drives. So I, I don't have a lot of faith right now in this Calgary offense, and therefore I'm going to be taking Montreal winning this one and winning big, 37-12. to 12. I, I love Montreal's offense, and I think it's going to be a statement game for the Alouettes' offense, for Vernon Adams, and for William Stanbeck. Next, let's go ahead and head over to Toronto. We got a rematch coming up, uh, a home-and-home home game, Winnipeg in Toronto. Winnipeg, of course, won this first meeting on, uh, I believe it was on Friday, 20-7. to Kolaros was efficient for the Blue Bombers. He was 32 of 40, 292 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. The running game, lackluster. Oliveira only had 29 yards on the ground. Defense was fantastic. One sack, one interception, two forced fumbles. Uh, Now, I I think a lot of those mistakes were the Argos kind of shooting themselves in the foot, as a lot of people have been saying. But still, defense made some good plays when needed. This game was a lot closer, in my opinion, uh, than the score really shows. I think Toronto was just a few bad plays away from running away with this one. But unfortunately, like I said, they got in their own way a lot in this game. For Toronto, you got a little bit of a quarterback controversy, maybe. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. CFL fans love to stir up some quarterback controversy. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Should you play... McBeth, should you play Arbuckle? I I think Arbuckle. I like Arbuckle. I like what he did for the Stampeders. I like his history, um, and I like his history with the receiving core that the Argonauts have. I think practice him as a starter and get him out on the field. I think they really need him because John White played great. He had 111 yards, one touchdown. Defense didn't do terribly. They just need to make more plays. They need to take more advantage of um, some of the... Some of the throws that Claros uh, makes and some of the... I mean, they took advantage of the one fumble that they had with Nick Densky, which is great. They just need to make some more plays on the ball. Um, like I said, this game was a lot closer last week than it seemed. I think Toronto's going to head home and take this one. This is a, a little bit my controversial pick of the week. Uh, I think Toronto take this, takes this one 23-17. to 17. Finally, we're heading to Saskatchewan for their third straight home game as well with the Rough Riders taking on the Red Blacks. Uh, Red Blacks, I mean, I don't have much to say about this team. I I have to be straight up. I don't have a lot of great things to say about the Red Blacks. Uh, Their offense is playing awful. Nichols was 12 for 20, 71 yards, no touchdowns. Flanders was 39 yards on the ground, no touchdowns. I, I don't know how that's possible in a CFL game. For your passing game and your lead rusher to total 110 yards. I I really don't know how that's possible. You have to be just a terrible offense for that to happen. 
Uh, the defense looked great. Was it just because of the bad Edmonton offense that they looked great? Or is this defense going to be able to step up? This is going to be the telling game. This is a great test to go against uh, this Riders offense. If you want to be a great defense, you got to put up against the Rough Riders. Speaking of the Rough Riders, for Jardo, he went 17-25, 222 yards, and two touchdowns versus Hamilton. He also added 66 rushing yards and a touchdown as well uh, on the ground. William Powell was 89 yards on the ground, and this offense looks great. I mean, they they kind of went downhill in the second half against PC in Week 1, but they put their pedal to the metal against Hamilton, and they did not let go. Uh, defense put a chokehold against a talented uh, Tiger Cats offense again, and I think they're going to absolutely dominate the Red Blacks. This one's easy. If anyone's taking Ottawa, I mean, you got guts, but Saskatchewan's winning this one 43-6, to and I don't think Ottawa's going to put up a touchdown. I would be surprised if Nichols gets past 150 yards through the air. Uh, this Ottawa team doesn't have a running game, doesn't seem like they have a passing game, and it's going to be a long year, Red Blacks fans. I'm sorry to tell you. But, hey, it's going to be a great game for you Rough Riders fans. Break open the watermelons and uh, get ready to enjoy a blowout. Well, that's what I got for you. I'm going to take BC, Montreal, Toronto, and Saskatchewan this week. Um, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at CFL Huddle. I'm on Instagram at Harvey's Huddle Can. And I'm on Facebook. Harvey's Huddle CFL is the page name. Thank you so much for listening. Again, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Let's get some discourse going on. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening. I'm Jackson Harvey. This has been Harvey's Huddle. Take care. <laughs>